Hello everybody and welcome to I'm talking here with me Aaron Day and me Rob Brent and here's Adam. Adam. Hello. Hello. No, You're right. Basically the same as last week. Do you think that was the no. same as last yeah. week? See, that's what you think. You just can't analyze the nuances to the hellos. I feel like you were never connected to the hellos to really realize what they were in the first place, getting a true appreciation. Look, don't question <laughs> my commitment to your hellos every week on this podcast. I think you're lucky to be here. All right? You're lucky to be here. If you okay. listen back, the other one was more brighter. Okay. We're not going to listen, but just for your hellos. <laughs> for each one. No, if anyone else to watch last one again for my hellos. Watch. You, you <laughs> might keep saying watch. You, so welcome to the I'm Talking Here podcast with me, Aaron Day, and Rob Brent and Adam, uh, who seems to think that it's some sort of video blog of yes, some kind. Yes, really does. Um, our podcast is all about just chatting nonsense in regards to all things film, cinema, movies, whether it be in the cinema or Netflix or on Sky Cinema or on DVD or Blu-ray. We love talking about films and we want you to come along for the ride with us. So... What's on today's program, Rob? So on today's show. You're starting to do it now. <laughs> program. <laughs> what have the right. viewers got in store? <laughs> ready, ready, viewers. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, horror moments, uh, but this is a best horror moment in a non-horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have uh, a review of Midsummer. Yes, yeah. the new Ari Aster uh, horror slash non-horror yeah. movie starring Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner and a bunch of others. Yeah, and Adam hasn't seen this film because he's he's not old enough yet. Um, oh, I know, all right. Um, so we're going to try and keep that as spoiler-free as possible, which Damn I think... Damn you, BBFC. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the best way to, to go into this film is to not know well, much. Yeah. Um, we then got a Good, the Bad and the Bower on. You got one for us? I will think of one. <laughs> as the viewers can yeah. see... Um, <laughs> You, you haven't prepared. Um, then we'll have uh, our 30 second recommendations and then finish off with a plot twist. Excellent. Oh, I thought you were going to do the song. Plot twist. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, ways in which you can get in touch with us. The main way is via Twitter at Talking Here RBAD. Our bad. Our bad. And also I'm dot talking dot here dot gmail. No, not dot, dot com. <laughs> no. Oh. I'm dot talking dot here at gmail.com. Oh, fantastic. We will get a new email address, but I don't think it's necessary at the moment. Not yet. No. True crack on? Yeah, let's go for it. Fantastic. On with the show. Amazing. <laughs> now, you may have heard a lot about Midsommar, the new Ari Aster, uh, Swedish folk uh, horror film. Yeah. But you may you may not realise that actually, is it really a horror film? I'd say we'll get more into this, but yeah, I would be tempted to put comedy in there. Oh, so we thought to ourselves in terms of celebration of Midsummer and its 18 certificate rated release mm-hmm. uh, this past week that we would look at great horror moments in non-horror movies yes now we need to lay down some ground rules we here do definitely do you want to start off with the first one yeah so we're looking in terms of it, horror isn't a definition of that film so you wouldn't mm. find it within your horror categories yeah there'll be nowhere to be seen and so it, it will probably be a moment a bit out of the blue um, I think. Are you judging this again, or can I, I judge whether it's I shall horror? be judge and jury on this again. one? Oh, so, for example, yeah, it can <coughs> be. 
you you would define the film in terms of its genre as being something like a comedy, but within that narrative, within that comedy, there is there are there is a moment or there are multiple moments where it has horrific scenes in it or yeah. jump scares, for example, yes. or something like that. Yes. Fantastic. So ultimately, is horror moments that are not what you would consider in a horror film. Yeah, and they'll be really unexpected because actually you've not gone in to see a horror film, which adds to their charm. That's it. And a horror moment doesn't necessarily have to be a jump scare. A horror moment can be something that is terrifying or chilling or a gory, for example. Yes. So would you like me to start off with an example? I would love you to start. Here is a prime example of a horror moment in a non-horror movie. Train spotting. Baby on the the baby on the ceiling. So Ewan McGregor's character is on a cold turkey situation where he's coming down from his withdrawal from heroin. And he is locked in a bedroom in his in his mum and dad's house. And part of his come down from this is he starts to hallucinate. And one of the things he sees is a baby crawling across the ceiling and then it turning its head 180 degrees towards him. And this entire thing is done in the point of view of Ewan McGregor's character by and large. And it is terrifying. Did you, when you first saw it, did you know about the scene? Nope. I knew, no? I knew, I knew almost nothing about Train Spotting apart from the the first couple of minutes, which had been in the trailer and things to do with um, Spotting Trains. No, where it, um, he's nicked something from a shop and it's, it's choose, choose, yeah. choose life, choose yes. that whole thing with yeah. the Iggy Pop soundtrack over the top of it. So that's pretty much all I knew really about Train Spotting. Oh, and the scene where he comes out of the, the toilet. toilet. Yeah. That was it. So no, I knew nothing about Train Spotting before I, I watched it. Because that's the thing, because Train Spotting's an 18, isn't yeah, it? Oh, so, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd, ex- I'd, you'd expect there to be, I don't know, I can't really speak about it because I knew about that scene before I watched the film. Oh, really? So oh, see, I, I didn't know. Thing. I wonder if the impact would have been different if I hadn't known what that baby was about to do. Terrifying. Terrifying? Especially, I'm going to spoil things now, but especially when it drops from the ceiling onto... Uh how that that moment is it any it baby on your ra- face it- <laughs> <laughs> terrifying experience do you know what they're gonna do <laughs> right okay well that's good with, really with this one i started to i realized i went back into into childhood i did the same did you do the yeah. same and start to think what kids films where all of a sudden they have just a horror twist and there is one that i watched when i was very young and i remember having um like almost fever dreams about this I'm being really disturbed, and it's from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Go on. Do you know? It's have you seen? I haven't seen. Yeah, I've seen Bogus Journey. Right, okay. It's it's a combination of the Easter Bunny and Grandma's Kiss. So Bill and Ted end up getting stuck in hell. Yeah. And you have then where they both live out their traumatic moments. One is with the terrifying Easter Bunny that comes out, and the other one is it's 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 um, setting up to kiss Grandma. Here I she comes along. Do you remember this? Remember it? Yeah. And just that whole sequence. Um, I mean, it's it's geared up to be like a comedy film. I remember being really freaked out about it, and this this idea of being trapped and all like I, I mean I don't want to watch it again because I don't want to relive it. <laughs> like and so the, the whole set and stuff, everything's. Um, off center and everything's skewed, and I think they they're played by uh, kids 
in in this whole sequence was just one that really, really scared me. I think it still scares me today. I don't think it'd be as scary anymore, but you know when you hold on to that idea. The main thing from Bogus Journey that I remember is when Death says to them, <laughs> You sunk my ship. <laughs> yes. But that's the thing. And they play both it's and, such, and all sorts of It's such games. a cool and funny film. Then uh, I, I felt quite grown up to watch it. Then I didn't expect there to be this this whole creepy sort of. Have you heard they're making a third one? Yes, well that's oh, what I thought as well. Mm. Keanu Reeves going back can do no wrong. Mm. No, and if you, yeah. Adam, what amazing. about you? Uh, Indiana Jones, the face, face melt. melt, Raiders Wait, of the Lost Ark. Well, I was going to no, make Raiders. <laughs> what are you going to do? But one that as a kid freaked me out more was in Last Crusade, where he ages. Oh, like within seconds. Yeah, where it says he chose un. He chose unwisely. He chose mm. the wrong cup. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was the one that creeped me out more. Yes. Right? This is Old an Indiana people. Jones that <laughs> ages suddenly. No, it's a villain. No, it's yeah. a villain, yes. Yeah. Uh, and spoilers. old people are scary. Old people are scary. <laughs> but yes, that's... Especially when they've just been sitting in cabins for years and years <laughs> and years, waiting for someone to come along <laughs> to pick the right cup. But it is... That, I think, was more scary than the other ones, because, I don't know, it was unexpected. Do you think with the other ones I'm not a Nazi, so that's not going to happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> the, fa- the face melt in Race of the Lost is Ark brilliant. is it's horrific. Unreal, like, it's horrific. <laughs> like, I mean, horrific in a in a, a horrifying way. Yeah. I remember watching, sitting on a Sunday morning, watching that with my dad, and the moment when they look in, on repeat, <laughs> they look into the Ark of the Covenant, and Indiana just says, oh, "Look away, look away," yeah. and and then you just start to see but their faces melting. It's horrendous. All three of like the Indiana Jones films. Mm. They all have that sort of. There's always like one bit. Yeah. Which... Do, you not, do you not mean all four? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is right. All three. He no, is correct. Four's horrific for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all three always have like this. They have like the adventure tour. Always have like one scene where it is like a horror film. Mm. For mm. the Temple of Doom, for me, I think probably the heart ripping scene. Um, then Last Crusade would be the agent and the melt face melt for the first one. And I think they just get more over... I'm trying to explain as a kid. I couldn't watch it. Mm. Right? That was the only bit I couldn't watch. I mean, the thing with Spielberg is he does have this horror aspect yeah. to him. And, mm-hmm. and it's good to, that he puts that through. I mean, Ready Player One has the, the whole... Have you got that on yours? No, or no. You're not? Has a full has the whole Shining shining. thing, which was yeah. unreal as to, as to that was in the film. Just something I didn't I didn't expect at all. It was bizarre. All. Chucky as well. Chucky <laughs> with the amazing line. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the the, these aspects do come out uh-huh. in a lot of, lot of Spielberg films. Definitely, that would be up there. Right, okay. them. I do have another Spielberg film yeah, go for it. that has a horror moment in a non-horror film, and that's the kitchen scene in Jurassic Park. With the velocity. Yes, actually, that's that a good is... show. Yeah, that is terrifying and so tense as well. And that that is Jurassic Park films are ultimately monster movies. Yes, yeah. and that say... and that is a you know it's it's someone on the prowl who is looking to you know kill uh, its its victims <laughs> and you know and and whenever you put children in the center yeah. of that sort of peril it yeah. automatically becomes horror it is very it's, like a slasher film a sort of like very much so very good much shout so. Yeah. there's so many moments of that because yeah. you've got the cup of water you've got the yeah. um, venom in the face mm-hmm. that that scene when really it goes to, like mm, switch the light me. is it when it goes switch the power on and like the hand comes on her show, Samuel Jackson's hand touches it, her. Also scary, yeah. And he yeah. goes, oh, thank God. And they're like, it's just a bare hand. It's, like, a, it's ah. an amputated limb, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, Jurassic Park's got loads but of horror moments, but that's the one. Yeah, so I feel like that almost is horror. You start to ex- expect it with that film because you know the dinosaurs are going to be on the prowl. Yeah. That it's it's more of an impact if you're not expecting it at all. But would you describe Jurassic Park as a horror film? No. What uh, would you describe uh, uh, it not as? Not until we'd done this. <laughs> <laughs> What would it be? It's a monster. It's sort of a monster. I would say it's an adventure film. Yeah, I'd say it's, I'd an say it's, it's not action adventure. But they only it's an stay in one film. location. Or an, an adventure, adventure film. thriller. You want to go more places. Oh, yeah. I would never say it's a horror. I like, will now. Like I'm going to start saying it's a horror. Jaws it's is a horror, horror movie. Yeah. Absolutely. With, but I wouldn't say Jurassic Park is. All right. Cool. Do you want another one? Yeah, yeah, go for go it. Bilbo Baggins. <gasps> Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. He sees the ring for the first time after a long time, and his obsession basically grows out of his face. Yes, he goes nuts. It's quite similar to Large Marge in uh, Pee Wee's um, adventure, like that sort of thing. Where it's just, it it just wasn't expected. I remember that again as a, I want to say a kid, but I was probably a teenager. So let's not (laughs) admit that. But it's just something I didn't expect when he just goes to grab it, and you see. I think it's the subtlety of, of the way his face changes. Changes in that moment. Um, yeah. it's, it's not too much. It's not over the top. It's just this little and this little grab and then he goes straight back in. Yeah. It gives you that that sort of creepy sort of feeling, that sense of unease. It's a great jump scare. Yeah, it really, uh, really uh, is. It, 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 yeah. And that's the thing. When it's a horror film, you kind of expect jump scares. You're, you're always there thinking, right, is this the jump scare? Is this, is this what it's going to come through? But something like Fellowship, not in a million years did I expect that Could we perhaps... Say then that we'll obviously explore some more films in a moment, but could we actually say that that actually the best jump scares come from non horror films? I think so, yeah, Yeah, because you expect jump scares from a horror film to some Uh extent, so they have to work much harder to actually Mm. actually make it land. But something when you're not expecting it at all, that's when you truly get that fright. So if you're quite quite laid back already, and then someone goes. <laughs> have you got another one, Adam? Yeah, if, you, well, if we're going about jump scares, I want to go with, from the one um, seven. Which which jump scare? Oh, oh is it when he's still alive? Okay. Yeah. Still alive right, yeah. okay. Yep, go on. They think yeah. he's dead. Yeah. He's still alive. But he's actually still alive. The police officer goes really close I'm to sorry that we spoiled that for anyone because yeah. that is a fantastic yeah. moment. That's a great jump scare, that. That is. That. What's the tone of it? Now, Seven, mm-hmm. are you saying Seven is not a horror film? I don't think it's a horror film. It'd be like more of a crime I think it's more like a crime. film noir. Yeah. I think it's more film noir crime. Okay. I'd Fair say enough. it's maybe expected of it, that these horror things. It, it's mm. probably not as mm. not as far away as... You no, know, it's like definitely fellowship. not as far away from... Um, like it's not comedy. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hey, the... what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> it's just a jack in the box. <laughs> 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 Uh, but no, I think yes, definitely. <laughs> Was uh, the arm waving you sorry, did there for a Jack in a Box, which is it's always just a head. Sorry, right. did you say a Jack in a Box or a Gwyneth in a Box? Oh, ruined the film. More spoilers. <laughs> You've not seen Seven. Oh. Stop listening. Oh no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <It's> too late. <laughs> it's too late. Yes, definitely. I think one of the best jump scares, and I wouldn't cast as a horror film. Maybe it's more expected, mm-hmm. just because mm. of the overall tune. But I wouldn't say. It is a horror film. So, what, so we talked in terms of jump scares. Have you got any that are, are, are more creepy, Aaron? I do, yeah. yeah? Oh, absolutely. What sort of things have you got? So I'm thinking, uh, for me, the 
perfect film, not my favorite film, but the perfect film in terms of its formula itself is Toy Story. And yes. yeah, I, yeah. The, the scene when the mutilated toys um, first appear, you know, um, the boy next door is yeah. torn mm-hmm. toys Sit. apart and yes, thank you, and reconstructing them in different ways, especially the main one, the baby's head on top of the Meccano style spider and it legs creeps along and it and creeps along turns. the floor. Yeah, and then yeah. it turns its head. Brilliant. That That's a great creepy moment in a kid's movie. But there was the thing, like, because we were talking about Toy Story 4. Yes. And we were saying how scary it was and stuff. Yeah. And then when I started doing this, I was thinking, oh, actually, Toy Story's always had that scary thing. Because actually, Toy Story 2, a very creepy moment where it's, I think, is Woody's dream when he's been put on the shelf. Yeah. And Andy comes into play and then goes, goodbye, Woody. Yeah. And drops him and you get this whole sort of creepy dream sequence. Mm-hmm. And then he does get sort of pulled down by all these all these different bits. So yeah. Toy Story definitely, it's even giving us shivers now, um, has this element you of bang. horror. I know, right? <laughs> it's Because these are things that really scared us as a kid. And I think when you've had something like that, they really hold on to you. And um, because they weren't expecting, your parents are basically saying, "This is fine, kids. Enjoy yeah. Poltergeist." And then you, you're, <laughs> you're left terrified by the end of it. So, yeah. so I, I think that's why for it. But Toy Story definitely very creepy moments in there. There we go. Lovely. Go on, give us another one. Or creepy moments. There's so many. I've there's got, so um, many good ones. Well, there's two I actually want because Pan's Labyrinth um, popped up on a few. Not a horror film. Yeah, not a horror film, mm-hmm. but the, the Pale Man. Uh, down um, if you've not seen Pan's Labyrinth I don't want to talk too much about it it's a wonderful film uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's I think best uh, that he's done yes and, it is and there's just an amazing sequence which shows how good he is with monsters yep um, I, and what he does I think it's Doug Jones who actually plays the monster as well um, who is a fantastic uh, to put prosthetics on because he's so tall anyway um, so you've got him as well but the other creepy one uh, Kubo and the Two Strings yep what did, what, I what did, I literally I literally wrote down anything Leica makes. <laughs> yes. I got it right there. Well, that was, anything Leica makes. Well, I was thinking through that. So Caroline and Paranorman very much feel like horror sort of films, and they're, yeah. they're, they're technically not, but they're more pushed in. Whereas Kubo, I think, is away and from box that. trolls. And box trolls, yeah. yeah. But um, Kubo has a delightful scene with the first introduction of the sisters is mm. a beautiful scene. Again, beautiful film. If you've not seen it, yeah. really do explore it because uh, Lackier Studios are amazing. I think the intro of the giant skeleton king yes. as well is a really cool yeah. horror moment as well. Yeah, spot on. So, yeah. Adam? You got another one? Yeah, right. When I first thought of this, because I've always associated with horror, uh-huh. but it's not actually a horror film. Right. And you know what I'm going to say. Cartoon. Birdemic. No. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yes. Frame Roger Rabbit. No, no, no. no. Watership Down. Oh, hor- right. So, what? <laughs> Watership Down is, or it, how to traumatize your kids? Ju- correct. Yeah. Or, or, or how to mentally scar young how people? I yeah. How I, how, how I learned to mentally traumatize children. How, how, how I learned that nature is a a cruel and spontaneous beast. Yeah. Mm. But the scene I'm going to choose from that, it, I don't know. There's loads of scenes. I think the but, snare. The snare is probably the yeah. one where he's just frothing at the mouth <laughs> and like his bloodshot eyes. And it's just, because how is it a you? It should not be a you. It, it was back be when banned. they didn't care. They were like, <laughs> it's animated. Yeah, it's clearly a you. It we was, don't even need to watch it. It's fine. Go. Yeah, it was, it was before the video recording. <laughs> but it's, it's like, and all that sort I of thing. when I uh, watched it when I was younger, 
and it was on telly on Easter, I think, <laughs> of all the days. Bunnies, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, bunnies. <laughs> Makes sense. I sat down and watched it. I was like, oh, it's a cartoon with rabbits. It'll be lovely. <laughs> and then it is somebody when they're all suffocating mm-hmm. and they're like the, the, in the burrows, yeah. Yeah, but they're bit, not yeah. drawn like rabbits, drawn like ghosts. Mm-hmm. And when the dog comes at the end, the mm-hmm. cats, mm-hmm. oh, it's terrifying. Don't watch it ever. <laughs> I would it's the only film I'd be like, don't watch, but you should watch. Do you know what it is about Watership Down? It plays it real, man. Uh-huh. It's it like, does. this is real life. These things happen. I never watched Get used to I it. I never watched the remake they recently did. They did um, a remake? Yeah, they, they did, did a remake. BBC. It was for Christmas, oh. kids. For Christmas. <laughs> it was, I watched was it the first episode. Toned down? And it was significantly toned down. Oh, that's rubbish. But I don't know how it did in the second one, because that's mm. the second act is when it All kicks. kicks in. Yeah. I see, yeah. it's funny, because... I remember a, a, a children's TV program known as the Animals, Animals of, of Farthing Wood. Yes, and that very oh that God. that very much played a lot of. Um, it owed a lot to Watership Down as well. That's exactly what I was thinking was, of. Yeah. Is it the Hedgehogs on the Road? Yeah. Oh my God! If you've if you've not seen that as well, type that into. There's probably be on YouTube a compilation yeah, com- compilation of, of how horrendous that is. Again, it, it you know it talked about the circle of life in its yeah. most chaotic way yeah. imaginable in some parts. I think Lion King was traumatic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Disney did not prepare us well for life. No. Could I possibly talk about a what I feel is a horror character in a non-horror film? Possibly you could. Thank you. <laughs> I would like to bring into this conversation Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. Right, okay. He is absolutely a slasher villain in a non-horror film. He's so good, though. He's absolutely (laughs) amazing. It's just a bit, at the beginning of a film, where he just puts up the, 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 what's it called, a deer cannon or a deer pump? Canister. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And he just puts it up against that police officer's, or, and, no, not the police officer, just a random guy that he's he's pulled over, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Horrendous. And there's a, there's a scene where Josh Brolin's character is in a hotel room and you... And now, I watched No Country for Old Men in the cinema and... Sorry, location drop. Um, <laughs> Which I, don't, I don't watch the um, And Gone to see the road. You thought, he, let's do a double villain. <laughs> he, thinks, he thinks he's safe in his hotel room, but then you suddenly yeah. hear the, the sound in the background that he's... That Anton Chigurh's in the hotel because he's just killed the receptionist and then you start to hear him coming up the steps and then you start to hear him pop out the um the key locks in each of the hotel rooms yeah. whilst he's looking for Josh Brolin's character yeah Anton Chigurh is um, is a great horror character and it was dis- horror film. it was disturbing because then everyone started saying friendo yeah <laughs> they did friendo I'm yet yeah. to see it I've read oh, the book. Not seen it. I've read the book and I haven't seen the film yet. That's oh, a good watch. Mm. So I have to get around to it. Yeah. I like the actor, um, Harvey, Harvey Bardem. Bardem yeah. I loved his villain in Skyfall. Yeah. Um, I think it's fantastic. Even Pirates of the Caribbean that he was in was terrible. He, he, but he was quite good in it. He should have been Roland in the Dark Tower. He's perfect yeah. casting. Have we role. got any more? Any, uh, any more just, just to sort uh, of chuck into the up. wind? Return to Oz, the Wheelers. They used to yeah. freak me out as a kid. Yeah. Um, and the other one is Pink Elephants on Parade in Dumbo. In Dumbo. Yep. Because that that's was, freaky. Oh, that was just the most bizarre thing. That's ever. a freaky moment, yeah. definitely. Freaky. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Um, Pat Cake. 
<laughs> no, that's, that's. I said I get it. <laughs> that's not horror. That's spicy. I don't know. Uh, the eye popping and Christopher yep. Lloyd's character in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um And Willy Wonka. The boot oh, scene. Oh, yes. Yep, the yes. boat scene. No, man, this is coming. He definitely killed those children. <laughs> he definitely killed them in that version. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few more for you. Um, Donnie Darko, Rabbit in the Cinema. Right, okay. Um, Marathon Man, Marathon Man with the dentistry scene. Um, Little Mermaid, Ursula, when she removes Ariel's voice. Basically, Disney's scene. messed up. Yeah. DC, Disney is messed up, yeah. Fatal Attraction, uh, Glenn Close trying to attack Michael Douglas's wife in the bathroom. That's a good jump scare. Spider-Man 2. Doctor, oh, yes! Dr. Octavius' surgery. That is pure Sam Raimi. Yeah, effectively. <laughs> like, Doc Ock is, you know, these surgeons are trying to remove the metallic oh, arms. Yes. They are, Obviously, they have artificial intelligence in them. And then surgeons start flying all over the place. That's a cool shot. Yeah. And finally, uh, Salvador Dali and um, Louis Bunuel made a short film back in the 19... 19- 20s, I think it was. Un Chien Andalou. Oh, yeah. The Did Osamu I- Dali help from that? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, and the, the eye slice. The eye yeah. slice. The eye yeah. slice. The eye slice. Like Apple's surreal, next product. A very surreal film, <laughs> yeah. but that just happens to have a, an, a, a moment in it which just makes you flinch and sort of almost curl mm. in on yourself. Yeah. Are we voting or are we just going to say there's lots of messed up moments yeah. in non-horror films? I, I, I think... Especially in, we're in an era at the moment where horror films, generally speaking, are not very good. They're, they're, there's a lot of cycle of kind of the yeah. same things over and over again. So I would say that if people are looking for really great horror moments, they're probably actually better off getting those moments in non-horror movies. Well, I know wait it's quite... until the review. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. And now on to Midsummer. Right. Um <laughs> we're gonna now try to do our review of Midsummer. Uh, Midsummer, I'm just gonna say Midsummer for T- tell us about Midsummer. Um so this is Ariaster's follow-up to Hereditary. Um it is um a story about uh, Florence Pugh's character Danny uh, as she goes to experience uh, uh, sort of a pagan it goes to experience Sweden let's say <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think what's the, what's the best she way? doesn't go and drink coffee in Stockholm <laughs> so her, her and her boyfriend Christian are very much kind of on the verge of the end of their relationship. Well, kind of. It's, well, she, he's, mean, he's more he's more into ending the relationship than she is. Yes. I think. Yeah. And after a family tragedy, <laughs> she um, gets cordially invited to join Christian and his grad school friends to to go and um, be a part of a, a Swedish community whilst they go through a week's worth of, of pagan-style ceremonies and rituals as part yeah. of like this week-long festival yeah. in a part of Sweden called Helsingland. Yes. Um, and then, knowing that it is an Ari Aster film, uh-huh. 
all hell breaks loose. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean, because even that, from, based on that, you might expect something different mm. to what you're actually given with this film. What uh, were your expectations going into the film? Well, Hereditary, um, so Hereditary, I loved the first half of mm. that film. I thought it was masterful. I thought it was amazing. It, it, it really made us feel connected to it. I was, there was a, a, a shock moment that literally made the entire cinema gasp yeah. which was brilliant that's when you know people are really invested yeah and then i feel the second half kind of lost that um and i was from that first half reading too much into various things and, and went on a different way mm. and so with this follow-up i just thought if he can capture everything he had at the beginning of that film and make an entire film out of that then this could be something truly special and for me i am going to say i think he did exactly that yeah, I think it is. It it's very closely linked to Hereditary in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities that come through with the, both the films, but it, it it just took on a journey. There were there were shots in it which were amazing. So it was lovely to watch for that. There was mm. character moments that you didn't need any. You didn't need anyone saying, "Oh, well, they're a nervous person mm. on, on screen," because you knew it from the acting, um, and it it just would take you along. At, I, d I don't know. I, d I didn't write down any notes because I just wanted to to explore this through to see where it would go, but I can't say highly enough about it. It's it's an incredibly visceral film. Yes. It's very it. Hmm. <laughs> now, I, I when 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 we when we were first getting our first thoughts about it, pretty much uh, as soon as the credits started rolling, I, was, I should say we went to the cinema uh, last night to see this. Yeah, so we, we experienced it in the it's, cinema. It's very because, like we know, Aaron, Aaron only watches films in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, 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 yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we. It's still very fresh in our minds, yes. isn't it? Even though it doesn't sound like it at the moment. For me, I think the reason why it's not a, a horror film is because actually there's a lot of it doesn't really follow a lot of horror-based or conventional horror-based tropes. No. To start with, almost the entire <laughs> almost the entire thing is just basking sunlight for uh -huh. you know for the, the it's for almost its entire two and a half hour running time. Yeah, and that's the other side of it as well. It's a two and a half hour long film, and most horror movies are wrapped up within an hour and a half to an hour forty five minutes yeah. because there's only so long you can keep jump scares or chill factor going what midsummer does very well is it start it starts off it starts off in in real high gear it's a very strong prologue <laughs> very strong and very disturbing and unsettling oh, prologue yes. and then it settles down and then it gets into just mellowing out a little bit and it, so it then goes back into first gear and then for the rest of the film, it just takes you through each of the gears, ratcheting up the tension, making things more unsettling, more chilling, more bonkers, more ambitious. Yeah. The one there's there's a lot of great consistencies throughout this entire film. First of all, the cinematography and storyboarding of this film is incredible. Yeah. Ariasta is is a master at such a as such a young director as well. He is a master in terms of of editing and camera angles and um, transitioning from from one scene to another is masterful. His production designer Henrik Sensen 
did a, a fantastic job with creating what is ultimately a fairly what seems like a fairly basic world yeah is is incredibly complex and the artwork on the walls and everything is, is in, in 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 like the chapels and the churches in the well, in this li- in this swedish community it's is literally brilliant. meaning like throughout the mm. film i i feel like there's so much more that you could pull pull out from it and there's there's so much more meaning behind yeah you um, could you could look at this you could just go into this film and be like Oh, it's it's basically a it's a Wicker Man film. Yeah. You know, it's about foreigners coming into this very reclusive community, mm-hmm. and and you know, punishment ensues. Yeah. Any bees? No bees. No oh. bees. No bees. And you have so, to, you have and to no, really sell it to me now. And no Nicolas Cage either. No Nicolas you Cage. have to try hard to sell it to me now. Okay, just, I've right. got two. I've got two words to give to you not okay i've got one name that will sell it to you florence Pugh is unbelievable in this film uh i've seen her in two movies i've seen her in lady Macbeth, and i've seen her in fighting with my family and she just continues to get better and better and better which one's she in fight with the family page oh right yeah it's i think this is the strength of the film everything feels built around her character yeah definitely it's very much the story of her and the way she, I'd say she's got a big level in terms of anxiety. Mm. The way she plays that, though, is the best I have ever seen. She can film TV. And yeah. it, it's just a testament to her performance that she can convey that mm-hmm. and keep you with her yeah. as well. Because there's, there's often the thing, especially with her character, where you could kind of be like, oh, like, and detach from her completely. No. But it keeps you there. And it's like you said with the gears, what I found really interesting is... Usually in films, especially two and a half hours, there is a lull. There is a there is a moment where you think, right, okay, I, I can settle in. And even though it had potentially moments that could have done that, I didn't I, I didn't disengage at all. Mm. And the fact that I went through this film smiling worries me of how messed <laughs> up I I must be because it is a messed up film. I but- yeah. I agree. And the reason why I smiled throughout the entire thing, which is odd <laughs> considering the absolutely horrific, gory things that take place in this film. There are there are horror moments in this that I will never, ever forget. But you're right. I would say that the reason why I smiled throughout the whole thing was because it kept on being ambitious. It kept on showing me things yeah. that I didn't expect to see. And... There was at no point in this film did I think say to myself, "I know where this is going." Yeah, I know where this is going. Yeah, I other other than maybe the last five minutes of yes. the film, of which we won't talk about. No. but other than the last five minutes of the film, I knew exact. I had no idea where this film was going, and all the better for it. It really took me on a on a on a. It's a film that demands to be seen in the cinema with an audience. Yeah, because it will be divisive. Because there will be some people. <laughs> Um, like people that we went to the cinema, to the cinema <laughs> with last night, there will be some people who will think they that they they just won't click into the film yeah. and they they just will feel a separation from it. And it is funny that because I completely get it, I completely get why mm. it's divisive and, and yeah. why it can either grab you or you'll think that well that was that was terrible. What, yeah. what on earth that was? And and because a lot of the so more messed up moments. There might be a reading of you get that whole idea of, of for the sake of it, mm. but it's really just not. What I felt I felt like everything on screen there was a purpose behind it, and if you just pulled out from Danny's character and 
and really explored that through. You could understand all these choices. Nothing felt, yeah. oh, we'll just put this in because we want to be weird and we want to be quirky. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like you, you can go into this film and just treat it as a Wicker Man movie or... You, if you wanted to, if you wanted to unpack more things oh, yeah. out of it, especially themes to do with with grief, community, it is absolutely a breakup movie. Yes, it is. It is a it is a film <laughs> from from start to finish. It is effectively a film about two people breaking up with each other, but doing it amongst this psychotic Swedish community. Mm. But actually, could you argue? Are the Swedish community psychotic? I would. I was gonna. And we can't really because again, about it can't go much, into but, it too much. But there mm. was a big part of me that was thinking, actually, I, I think they're just who are the protagonists? They, they, here? Yeah, they don't understand the culture. Like, and it does a very good job of. I don't know. I, I want to say show don't tell. Yes. Um, and that was really nice to see. And when various things happen, you get just interesting reactions to them and, and justifications and, and sort of the kindness that they come and that's, through. And that, and that is the beauty in the actual filmmaking. Yeah. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of single take shots mm -hmm. in this film, long single take shots that are really adventurous, have to be very well choreographed because even though there's just two people, three people talking in the foreground, there is so much going on in the background, little rituals, ways in which people are, you know, picking crops in the fields yeah like like the I, i'm not spoiling too much because i think it's in a trailer now but the moment when you first rob spotted the bear in the cage yeah. and i hadn't even spotted that at that yeah. point i was like i don't see a bear in a cage but then it, it it comes back later on in the film yeah um and i think especially there's one scene the the dinner scene the first dinner scene yeah um where they're, they're all being asked to, they're not allowed to sit down until these two very well-respected elders come to the table. And that whole thing is is done almost in silence. Lots of long takes. And that's really, really adventurous filmmaking. I absolutely applaud it for that. And I said the other thing which, which really just cemented this is that the film, with Hereditary, I was really unsure whether I should be laughing in the second half because yeah. I felt like it got very farcical whereas this film wants you to know that it is funny mm. and I'd say there is the key moment that happened I'm just going to give the lines I won't give anything else away yeah. is when someone says what's that and the other person says that's a love story and you get one of the best funniest most messed up pans across that I've seen yeah. in anything, and from now I was I like, think, yes. I don't think you're spoiling it by saying what you're what you're looking at is effectively a tapestry <laughs> yes. of of don't say too much, yeah, that was of, just... of a of a love story of a love story, but it's the darkest humor that it's got in this it, film. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's any, there is no issue with laughing at moments in this yeah. film because there are points in it where the the rituals, the ceremonies, certain things that happen during certain parts, certain rituals <laughs> are are to the outside looking in ridiculous but i think that's a beautiful thing that, that, that it does play with that concept of when you experience something that you're you're not used to there yeah. is that sort of level of oh well i'm finding this kind of funny because there's that that's a sense of unease it's funny how laughter and feeling unease are, are quite closely linked yeah and just just played with the audience as well i, I love films that do that that really engage yeah and they're like right check this out now look at this now check this out 
funny as you mentioned about audience, I think anybody that goes to see this film needs to go in not expecting horror. Do yes. not go in thinking that you're going to be scared because yeah. it is not a, it's not quote unquote a scary film. No, it's not. There's moments of it that are chilling, but it definitely earns its 18 certificate. <laughs> yes. It definitely earns its 18 certificate. There is a lot of detail to injury. There is a lot of detail to mutilation. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm yeah, definitely no, trying not to say, say too much. There's a lot of it. There are truly horrific moments in this film that you will not forget. But one thing I will say is this. I, I woke up in the middle of the night. Right. I, I had a great night's sleep last night despite watching this film. Right. I had a great night's sleep. What does that say about you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But when I woke up, the very first image that came to my head was one of the very last images in mm -hmm. the film. And one of those last images in the film is not horrific. No. It involves I'm not, I can't even no, say you can't that. Say it. Um but it involves a lot of colour. I can yeah. say that, can't I? Yeah. Yeah. And skirting <laughs> around it. And it's that it's that shot that I will remember more than the the gore and the violence and all the other 18 well, certificate things. Well, definitely because it's like it, like stuff like The Conjuring and mm. you know your sinisters and stuff. You you know the formula towards it, mm. and I feel like those films are designed being like we're making a horror film. Mm. Whereas this film feels like I'm going to make a story about. Well, I know I keep saying it, but about Danny. I'm, I'm going to make a story about a breakup. Yeah, Danny. Danny I'm is. Gonna, yeah, that's that's my story there, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to use a horror lens because it's the sort of stuff that I like, and I'm going to going to push it through that. But it's not. I'm not going out to make a horror film. No. So I think that's that's what creates that contrast. Yeah. So yeah, definitely don't go see it thinking oh horror film. No. Just think let's go see a great film, and um, in, embrace it and. Uh, yeah that's it. the other thing keep an open mind yeah definitely don't it, this isn't a film that has you know allegorical meaning to it or mm -hmm. anything like that this isn't a film that is overtly complex to follow or anything like that no. it is a it's a surprisingly simple story it's a <laughs> it is a visceral in your face roller coaster ride of yeah. emotion and and gross out and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So are we left to ask her? Yeah, of course we do. Do we think that this film will be deemed a classic in 15 years' time? Yes. Yeah, I do as 100%. well. I, I think people will talk about this film the same way that people still talk about Wicker Man. Yeah. And in, in the same way that people still talk about David Cronenberg body horror movies. Yeah, we are absolutely <laughs> talking about the original Wicker yeah, Man. I, I didn't think we were. We're not. <laughs> oh, the beast! The no, we're not talking about Nicolas Cage or, or that. Wicked but we Man. have mentioned him. There's our, our yeah. one mention. God yes, bless must... you, Nicolas Cage. I will have to watch it. Uh, yeah, you do need to go see it. Because I've said, I was in the same mindset as you with Hereditary. Yeah. That it was very, first half was very good. And like it set up, felt like it set up things for potential. Mm. They kind of yeah, exactly. fizzled out at the end for... Um, not horror, not comedy, but kind of both. But it's, but it's like I said, this, the, but didn't really work. That yeah. that's the, the tone thing. Is much better. Yeah. Hereditary um, was inconsistent in terms of its tone, mm -hmm. its the the mood of yeah. the film. Midsummer, it it lays its table out very quickly mm -hmm. in the film in terms yeah. of what type of movie mm -hmm. it's going to be, and then it 
it then gradually over the course of the film scrumples that table out and lays a new table down for you but and you're happy for it to do that <laughs> because it is it's it's a it's you've built yourself immersively into the world yeah because yeah. what's for like hereditary was, was it that i never wanted you anyway scene but, but, but that cause was because that, that's yeah, yeah. and it that's all i can me. say is going it, yeah is to go and say it's it's that sort of aspect of do you know what? And I'd say he does this in a red straight. I've never seen someone do uh, sort of human pain as well. Like it, the, the reaction of the mother to a particular moment in a red That sort of it's just such a true reaction, yeah. mm. and it's it's not it's not taken back or anything. It's like this is how you would react to something this horrific, mm. and it it just lets that be on screen and presented and. Um, that, that yeah. then does get a bit zany yeah, in the first I one. was very much because I was more curious when I heard he was doing another one yeah. than like wanting to go and see it straight away yes because me I too I even had yesterday where I was unsure whether I actually wanted to go along and see it this, this is unquestionably a better film than Hereditary yes right. unquestionably uh, so d- far more consistent yeah. that'll definitely make my way down <laughs> that's if you're allowed in <laughs> get me right he's got the beard <laughs> talking about Adam it's time for the good, the bad, and the bow run. And now it's time for what was that? <laughs> the good, the bad, and, and the, the bow run. What have we got for us this week, Adam? Um, well, I was. This is a sequel to one of my favorite films ever, and um, it's usually. This one's considered bad. This is this film's got a five on IMDb. Uh, Metacritic, um, or Rotten the, Tomatoes, around about the same. Usually the fifty. The five on Rotten Tomatoes. No, no, it's fifty percent, halfway more. All right, okay. All right, okay. All right. So there's there is some like for this. Yes, this is The Fly Two. No, there's no like for this. The Fly Two. The Fly Two. Eric Zoltz. Yeah. Um, and I don't care who's directed by because not David Cronenberg. But uh, you're meant to be <laughs> you're meant to be saying why would I you watch this? I will get to it. Right, basically, the, the fly, the so, greatest salesman. Go on, Adam. The fly is one of my favorite films of all time. Yep. Um, and and the fly two tops it in no, every single way. It definitely doesn't. <laughs> all right, before getting to this, it is nowhere near the quality of the fly in any way. But I think <laughs> it is still quite a good film that follows on, and it's all right. Tell us about the fly and. Also, tell us about the Fly Two. Tell us, tell us why the Fly Two exists. Um, right. So the Fly film about uh, Jeff Goldblum, Seth Brundle. Yeah. Uh, he is a scientist, and it's a telepod, which is for teleportation. He gets in one day, and a fly follows him in, and he emerges with this fly. And the the first film is all about his slow degradation into this half human, half fly thing. And the second one, very much... Fo- uh, is Jeff Goldblum back for the second one? Uh, no. Oh. oh, why is that, Adam? Why is that? Mm. Should we announce spoilers? Well, they, 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 they wouldn't necessarily <laughs> need, to, need, to, need to cast him. Um, he's not about anymore, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> but is it, yes. Can't say after. <laughs> <laughs> it's not spoilers, but yes. Unfortunately, he couldn't be with them. Right, okay. But his son, <laughs> <laughs> but his, his son. His son was there. Yes, so, his um, son's going to go through the same thing. So basically, yes, in uh, the original fly, it is there's a pregnancy plot. 
and um, it never really it ends without a resolution, which demanded a sequel. It didn't really demand sequel because I would say the ending of the original Fly is pretty near perfect. Yeah, but this, this was during a time when films weren't anticipating yes. being, you know, three, four long <laughs> franchises or anything yes. like that, or but it was, paying sequels. It was very much a very closed ending, but still open for other stories from it. Yeah. And this one basically follows that. Uh, is is opens with uh, Gina Davis, who's not played by the same person. So in the first film, Gina Davis is Jeff Goldblum's love interest. Yes. Mm. Uh, she gives birth to a ch- his child, mm. and he is essentially brought up in a, a the scientist scientific institute, which funded um, Seth Brundle's Jeff Goldblum's work. What? So is it? Did she get pregnant when Jeff Goldblum yeah, was becoming a fly? Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, was, the, so the genetics were already there. Yeah. Right. Okay. And that's why he's being brought up there to see if anything uh, would happen to him if he so was. It's been exhibit. good to give birth to a baby rather than just a fly. Well, it's a, <laughs> a, dream... a quick delivery. Yeah. <laughs> the dream sequence in the first one, the, the maggot, isn't fly it? out. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go. <laughs> but, uh... Midsummer's corrupted. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the basically it's about his, his son. He's in a science suit and watching him to see if the same will happen whilst also trying to perfect the telepod, which was never really perfected in the first one. Right, okay. Trying to fix the problems of okay. that. Which well, don't put a fly in it. You know what? <laughs> should, have, should have been there, tell him. Or any other animal, for that matter. Yeah, or any other animal. No, yeah. I have seen The Fly 2. I've seen you? The Fly 2. Have you? What yeah. was your opinion on The Fly 2? Um, it's not a bad film. Yeah, it's not a bad film. Um, there are... It's, it, it tries to follow the same body horror shtick that mm. David Cronenberg is obviously very famous for, um, for a lot of his films. It's perhaps a little more gross out. Definitely. With uh, particularly sort of in the last sort of half an hour or so. Mm-hmm. But it has good performances in it. Yeah. And um, the, the story makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> For, Story for, for a part, sense. I think. I think to be fair, I think. I think it is harsh that this film is being put in your good, the bad, the bow run feature this oh, week. Really, really, mm. right? I've never heard of it. I think it's a, perhaps perhaps in a, it's it's nostalgia reason. Because for me, I watched it for the first time uh, with my dad, and it was yeah. like a it was one of our Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening watches together. Um, but I don't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I think five out of 10 on IMDb, considering what did Birdemic get? Oh, that was like, that was a one-ish. Oh, in that case then, that's fair enough. What about the butterfly effect? I mean, I've not seen it. Butterfly effect, that. No, butterfly effect's good. Yeah, I think that definitely, that got 50. That'd probably be like five or six. Yeah, I think it got 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, I remember Mm. that. I think the issue is, is that, because the fly is so good, mm. it is a horror classic yeah. that the fly two was never ever going to live up no. to that. It's much the same with like with Back to the Future and Back to the Future Part Two, especially lost Cronenberg uh, as director. Yeah, definitely. It, so then it does fit into this because it's the whole thing of like I would discount if I saw the fly two mm. by a different director, I wouldn't watch it because mm. I think that's ridiculous. That's just trying to continue it on. Yeah. So this is the I whole think point. It does. It doesn't continue on quite well because it doesn't just 
it goes the same sort of vibe, but mm. it doesn't try and retell the exact same plot. Because the transformation is di- complete, not completely, but it's very different mm. than in the first one. As is, there's more of a definite antagonist yes. in this one. That's one, right. the first fly is very vague on an antagonist. At certain points, certain characters could be boxed into that rule. Yeah. Like um, Mathis and even Brundle himself. I would, you could argue that he mm-hmm. does end up becoming his own mm-hmm. antagonist, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, but in some ways, it's very much more a clear antagonist and a clear plot um, to go from. But I think it is. And it also plays well of like the, because uh, the resolution of the fly too plays heavily on the resolution of the original fly mm. um, about the fusion. Yeah. So I think it does make callbacks pretty well. Like for a sequel, I think a lot of sequels will just retell a plot, or they'll just go completely different without acknowledging. And I think it acknowledges the first film, and also uh, goes something else. Especially as like the videotapes of Jeff Goldblum, mm. um, of when Gina Davis in the first film was recording the progress, and we're going to see more that we didn't see in the first film. That's what Jeff Goldblum, isn't it? N- not really. Not, I think it's unused no. footage from yeah. the original one. They reuse still there the f- yeah it, it, it's not without redeemable features yeah, it's definitely I, I, there's one thing that would make me watch this mm-hmm. does does anyone get merged with something different than a fly no oh, 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 yes. oh yes there is oh well there yeah, you go sorry yes. I'll have to watch it then mm-hmm. is it a dog oh I thought it was, I was no. thinking like courgette is it at the no it's weird. oh no it's don't spoil no, it no I don't spoil it yeah, don't spoil I'll tell it. you after I can't but, um, remember. It's been such it's, a long time. But that's what, when you were talking about it, I was thinking in, yeah. they yeah, should. It's a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should franchise it, and it should just be um, people get mixed. And if you're thinking dog, that's Tim Allen in the Shaggy Dog. That's what you're thinking of. Shaggy Dog. Have you never seen the? Have you never seen? I'm going to do my own. The Good, the Bad, and the Brent. <laughs> have you never seen the Shaggy Dog? The Good, the Bad, and the Brent. The Good, the Bad, and the Brent. It's Go. coming. Not now. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming to a podcast after, near you. After the summer, the good, the bad, and the Brent. Yes. Bringing out the shaggy dog. You can't take over Adam's just feature. Just, just for, for one week. Give me for a rest, week. please. Give him a rest. He's got, the, he's got to watch all these terrible films and then tell us about it for his never to watch them. <laughs> have, you right. watched, have you watched Who Killed Captain Alex yet? No. Well, exactly. <laughs> have you watched it? No. no. I, watched, I watched one minute of it. And the helicopter scene was much better than anything I could do, so I think it's a standout film. There we go. Fairy Vengeance? No. No. The Librarian in the Rye? Definitely not. (laughs) It's set in the place we're recording now. And that's why I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) But yeah. So we have come to the end of our uh, this week's podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us along for the rides for both Midsummer and our feature on non-horror moments in horror movies. But before we go, we're going to once again give you our 30-second recommendations. We are. I'm going to start, if that's all right with you. You are. I'm being, I know I'm being selfish and getting no, myself in the front of the queue. No, you go for it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. So Martin Scorsese did this film called The Departed a few years ago. Yeah, he did. It was an Oscar winner. But you know what? The film that it is based on, Infernal Affairs, is even better. So this Hong Kong movie 
based on a mole infiltrating the police force and a mole from the police force infiltrating the underground mob or the triads in Hong Kong. <laughs> Sorry. Time's up. Okay, that was like... <laughs> Sorry, uh, you said a mole and all I could think of was an actual mole. <laughs> they clearly, they clearly figure it out. <laughs> Right, you ready? When it is right, just like in Midsummer, I'm going to take you both to a barn somewhere. I wouldn't know. What? Yeah, yeah, I am. No, not that barn. (laughs) (laughs) Not the sexy barn. All right. Oh my god. No, definitely not that type of barn. Not a patty cake barn. Okay, so if you like moles, check out that film. No, if you like, (laughs) if you like great quality crime dramas from Hong Kong. That's a great example. It's a classic of it. undercover films like Never Been Kissed. Okay. Ready? Am I doing mine? I hate you so much. Can right I now. get a countdown? Three, two, three, two, one, <laughs> go. Um, I'm going to recommend the film Triangle. So, this was a film from 2009, a fantastic little horror film that I don't think uh, many people even know about. So, you've got uh, Melissa George. Uh, Liam Hemsworth is in this film as well. Uh, it follows the story of where they uh, this weather uh, attacks and they have to change boats. And then on this boat, uh, they have a very peculiar uh, time <laughs> where there's potential uh, there's a there's a killer about, and they've got to try and avoid the killer. No moles in this one, unfortunately. That's what let it down. But uh, yes, Triangle, amazing film. Great. Have you seen Triangle? No. Oh, have you seen Triangle? No. You just proved my point. Not enough people have seen this film. It's really, really good. Adam, over to you. You ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Blue Velvet, no. David Lynch. What's up? Right? No, go. Right. You will either love this film or you will hate this film. I'm unsure. So I, <laughs> so I feel like more You're people... Recommend <laughs> So I feel like more people need to watch this to know if they either love or hate it. So you can let Adam know. So you can let me know if it is a good film or not. Thank you. I can, <laughs> I can tell you that it is a good film. I like okay. Blue Velvet. I like it as well. I like Dennis Hopper. I, I mm. like Carl McLaughlin. I, yeah. yeah. Dennis Hopper's best part of it, I think, in my opinion. I, I Yeah. I, I, I th- Again, Blue Velvet is one of those films that has quite horror-like moments in it in mm-hmm. what is effectively a non-horror film. Yes. David Lynch is very good at that. But you can definitely see how people would hate it. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's surreal and it's strange and it cool. it doesn't follow certain conventions. Uh-huh. But yes, enjoy or love it. So there's your three films: <laughs> Infernal Affairs, Triangle, and Blue Velvet. Fantastic. All that's left is to do plot twist. Plot twist. Move on. Forgot the song. Plot twist, something like that. Yeah, and um, thank you. you Sigrid. Can you remind us what the plot twist was from last week? I was week? hoping you could remind me. But okay, anyway, it was. It's your plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> this, you remind me. this is your game. <laughs> and what film is it? <laughs> this is this is your game. Well, yeah, come prepared. Right. So, so it hopefully at, at home you've been really thinking about yeah. this. Adam clearly has, considering it's he can't remember it. Pet shop worker. Yeah. You said owner last time. Ah, oh, same difference. <laughs> Worry petrol owner or worker. <laughs> I think they own it or is, they work there. Is anyway. happy after losing hat. Do you have any clue? 
No, and do you know what it is? I decided after last week's farce that <laughs> I did. I decided not to give much thought to any of it. Right. Okay. So I just thought I'm just going to let this play out. I'm just going to let this just see it through. Wait, can't wait. And then hopefully that it just dies some sort of miserable, lonely <laughs> death. Okay. I think we're ready, find out. we're ready to find out. I've got no guess. Of course. Could you, could you repeat again for me just before? Uh, worried pet shop worker mm. is happy after losing hat. Okay. They Over want, to you. They want to pause it before the answer. We'll wait. <laughs> right. The answer is Rocky. What? <laughs> Why is it Rocky? I've not seen it. So Rocky. Does he lose his hat? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Day is now He's leaving um, the room. Why is this, is, this is me leaving. <laughs> Bye. This is me leaving. So, so why is it Rocky? <laughs> it is basically because... Does Rocky own a pet shop? No, his girlfriend does. All right, he okay. works at a pet shop. So it's her that... Oh, he works at a pet shop? No, she works at a pet shop. So she loses her hat? Yeah, loses her hat at the end and she's really happy. That's terrible. Does she also lose her hat? And she's like... And like he runs up says, uh, and Rocky's like, you've lost your hat. And he's like, says, I love you, I love you. D-d-d-d-d-d. Music builds. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, all I can say is that's, that's an accurate description of that film because mm-hmm. I've never seen it. And actually, I'm a bit more invested now because I thought it was just about a fight. No, but I know no, there's a pet not. shop involved now. Yeah. And there's a hat that's that missing. Is that ever like? Is that a plot thread that then ties into the other films? Well, you see, the hat's held to ransom by the Russians. Like the Russians, Rocky IV, of course. Fantastic. Um, although that was a deleted scene, I believe. Fantastic. So they never really made it a canon. Uh, that, that one's pretty good, wasn't it? That was it, pretty Aaron? good. Because you have returned now. You have returned. He is here. Only because <laughs> I need to go home. So you've returned back in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't quite got the hang of it yet. <laughs> ah, wrong building. I'm here for one reason and one reason only. To end the podcast and to take home the recording device that is being used to record this podcast. Were you happy with... Plot? This is the last plot twist for a while. So, uh... Am I happy that this is the last plot twist for a while? Right, okay, that's a loaded question. I was okay. asking, are you happy? And the separate question was last. I'm, podcast. I'm happy. Are you happy after I'm using happy. hats? <laughs> I'm, I'm unhappy that you're not going to be with us for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But I am happy that you're going to go off and have a wonderful expedition. Yes. We'll play more plot twists in Africa. No, don't. <laughs> let's not make this. You know, let's not make this intercontinental. All right. It's, it's a fun it's game for cool. all the country world. We've, we've, no, we've potentially got a long hiatus no. in front of us. Adam, we've. We've, you know, we're only just we're only just starting to deal with Brexit. All right, we we don't need you going out there with your, you know, diplomatic games of rubbish plot synopsis. Our trade of Africa's going so well until I went there. Yeah, to play a plot twist. Exactly. <laughs> the guy tried to explain gremlins to us, but only talked about the Chinese pet shop owner. <laughs> right, Adam. Au revoir, bon voyage, have a wonderful time. Yes. We'll see you in a few weeks. We will be back next week with another podcast. Uh, We will try in some points to record over the summer, but if you don't hear from us after next week, we do still love you all, and we will try and... (laughs) We do love them. Yes. Yes. 
and we will try. <laughs> we will. Yes, you do. We will try and put content out there over the course of the six-week holidays. We will try our best. But over to you, Rob. Oh yeah, my line. I'm leaving here. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>